Welcome to Day Zero Update for August 6, 2023. I'm your host, Chris Sologi. I'm Brian Parkin. And I'm Daniel Victoria. And yeah, we've got a, a pretty decent week this week. Oh, yeah. Um, not a ton of news. We got two events that are happening this week, two showcases mm-hmm. uh, for two very different things. Yep. Um, we got some news here of a new firmware update coming to the PS5 here in mm-hmm. the near future. Uh, we got, you know, Wii U multiplayer servers coming back yep. for the first time in months for a yep. couple games. Uh, we'll tell you how much uh, Tears of the Kingdom has sold. Mm-hmm. And it's doing pretty well. Oh, yes. And uh, one of the the most notable or infamous um, platforms of the Gamergate era mm-hmm. of media uh, is shutting down. Mm-hmm. Uh, after 15 years of a service, you know, before Gamergate even started, but oh yeah, they hit their biggest uh, part of the zeitgeist about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And then we'll end with a, a little fall release preview here of games coming out at least in August and September. Yeah, uh, started getting long, and I was like, we'll break this out a little mm-hmm. bit because uh, a lot of stuff's coming in those two months. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we do any of that, we'll talk about what we've been playing, and I'll kick it off here. Uh, I've been playing some Baldur's Gate 3 on the PC. I hate uh, you, and I hope you die. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a huge game, so you're going to have to make sure you got plenty of space on your PS5. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like 100-something gigabytes, isn't it? Yeah, they recommend having at least 150 free. I had, I think it's 123 on PC, mm-hmm. so probably around that on a PS5. Yep. Um, yeah, started up a, a save here. Have played maybe about three to four hours of it. Yeah. So far, um, basically still getting through the the early parts of the game. Yeah. As I'm trying to figure out uh, what all I'm doing here. Yeah. Uh, for that, so that's been a uh, pretty fun time. I've played a decent bit of Divinity Original Sin 1 and 2, so mm-hmm. I have a little bit of experience with this stuff, but not too much yeah. uh, for that stuff. But uh, yeah, I haven't played with the controllers, just mouse and keyboard so far. Mm-hmm. I might switch over to controllers just to see how that all goes. Um, I've heard the, the UI stuff looks pretty nice with the controller. Oh, yeah. But yeah, you are. This is a D and D game, so you are mm-hmm. starting off making a character. They have uh, a handful of characters you can start off with on your yeah. own. There is one I suggest that apparently both Larry and Studios and uh, a lot of other people are suggesting that you don't do until you've played the game at least once, and that's the Sinister Urge, because the Sinister yeah. Urge is basically a like chaotic evil all the time and it's a real struggle trying to keep him from just doing random acts of violence so keep in mind like again this is a D&D game which means that there's you know skill checks and stuff like that happening so yeah yeah know what you're getting into yeah it's uh, a weird little thing Um, you get like a little uh, intro to those characters. They talk like what their 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 grievances are or their motivations are for whatever they're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can kind of pick some of those characters. I made my own 
mm-hmm. uh, essentially made uh, Hawk from Cobra Kai. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so a human monk uh, with kind of a, it's not a, it's not really a mohawk, but it's kind of close enough uh, for what I could get uh, with some some face paint on there. Uh, the character creator is fine. It's not anything amazing to it. Um, you don't really have any any control over like face dimensions or anything really beyond just pick one of like six faces for your character. You can. Uh, do a bunch of hair and all that kind of stuff, but you can't really have too much in the way of control over, you know, length or any of that stuff. You kind of have uh, some fairly, uh, you know, simplistic options. You can at least do like highlights in the hair stuff, so you can kind of get a little bit of extra stuff there, or some graying uh, kind of stuff. But I was trying to get like a a good like red hair with like black roots kind of stuff, but that didn't seem like something I could do easily. So um, just worked with what I had. And then they have you, you know, pick out some origin stuff that affects, you know, additional abilities and such that you'll deal with. So I have a a monk who has uh, some uh, better, like athletic kind of ability type stuff. Uh, A lot of things like that. So, uh, works out pretty well. Um, you pick a guardian after that, which is like setting up a second character. So I made Dimitri, who's his best buddy on the show, though you don't even get to pick a name for them. So I'm assuming they get killed off or something, but I haven't even run into that character mm-hmm. yet. So, uh, but the the beginning of the game, you're on this big Mind Flayer ship, um, yeah. which if you know the Mind Flayers, they're very much Cthulhu creatures that yeah. can mind control you, essentially. Pretty much, and the way that they make other mind flayers is uh, not pleasant. <laughs> yeah, they take what these these like tadpole little worms. That's literally things. what they're called, tadpoles. Yeah, and they <laughs> stick it in your eyes. Yeah, or rather, the tadpole sort of crawls its way through into behind your eyes. Yeah, it's yeah very gross. <laughs> yeah, you get pleasant. to see that at the very beginning of the game. Yep, uh, in a way that's not fun, but. <laughs> Uh, that's sort of one of the one of the main concerns early on is one: how do we get off this ship that's been attacked by dragons and fucked up yeah. pretty good? Which it seems to be a weirdly like recurring theme with Larian Studios games because that's actually how both of the Divinity Original Sins games start out as: you're yeah. on a ship and you got to find out how to get off of it. Yeah, I don't know why that keeps happening. It's I guess it's sort of like you know. Elder Scrolls, where you always start off as a prisoner. You know, who gets it? Yeah, it's it's nice for a kind of good set piece yeah. uh, section there. Um, yeah. So you, you get your first bit of control, and you can, like, look out the, the big hole, and it's like, oh, this, this place got messed up pretty good. Oh, yeah. Um, and being a Mind Flayer ship, uh, all the doors are called sphincters, and they look like it. Yeah, they're basically just uh, giant anuses that act as doors. Yeah, yeah. That's the that's the thing about everything about the mind flayers. Just everything about them is just very unpleasant. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you get to do some combat there for a mm. bit. Uh, I knocked one guy out and did not. He did not revive, so I was like, "All right, I'll just leave him there." Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't really care, but found a character trapped in one of the pods, like what we had. Yeah, uh, 
you and one of the other characters that uh, I think is one of the ones you can start with. I'm not 100% sure. Like Zazel or whatever the name was. Um, uh, so you can get a third party into your uh, third person into your party. So uh, if you can figure out how to get them out of the pod, which is not you know simple. But yeah, it's uh, it's a whole thing. You kind of go through uh, the the last part where you're trying to take control of the ship and you know trying to keep it from crashing because you know that would most likely kill all of you uh, in that process. But yeah, you kind of go through this big old combat sequence, and they're very much like trying to impress upon you, like oh, this thing's gonna crash if we don't get over there, uh, kind of thing. So the it's the one time where you're kind of not one to kill the the mind flare that's in that area because they're fighting demon, a big like demon general, I guess. Um, but you're able to take like take care of a bunch of the the lackeys uh, there, which uh, are not too tough. Uh, I'm on the the medium difficulty. That's you know you get uh, story and you get combat. Uh, the nice mix of both. Uh, they do have like a story mode. That'll go easier on you in the combat stuff, and then there's a, a hardcore like tactical mode they have that's gonna give you all the the challenge you want. Um, but yeah, being a D and D game, uh, you get uh, like ten hit points at the start, uh, so you have to kind of very much be careful uh, with how you're taking damage. Though, so if you're looting everything, you're gonna get some decent amount of potions, but they also have some some little health regeneration stations that you can just refresh your health uh, whenever. But uh, yeah, kind of got through that whole sequence and uh, you shit goes sideways. Uh, you and the others fall out of the ship in the process and kind of get magically saved from just squishing onto the ground uh, for at least two of the party members. One disappears in a way that you're told it's likely them just not giving a shit about you. But um, from there, you kind of start exploring. Uh, you can, you know, explore the, the remains of the ship uh, and other stuff that's going on there. I met another character who uh, was also in that initial round of uh, potential, you know, main characters you could pick there. Um, a high elf named Asterion, who certainly is a rogue because uh, you can kind of get. Oh, yeah. I got tricked into some some little scheme he was trying to pull uh before i you know headbutted him to regain control of the situation uh before you know everybody realized like oh we've all been uh messed up by the mind flares so maybe we should you know get together and like help each other out Uh, so being a rogue um i did some fun stuff there there's a there's this like uh, door that you run into. It's part of like a I don't know, some sort of building, but you go if you try to go in. Uh, it's a little bit of a tough thing to do because it's locked pretty good uh, unless you have uh, some maybe thieving tools and that kind of stuff. And manage to get in with the help of my rogue friend. Uh, and that's a place that has a lot of traps around. Uh, and it's literally called a dank cave. So uh, a lot of fun kind of going around trying to figure out some of the mechanics of this game. Cause it's very much a uh, mechanics heavy game. If you're not uh, 
well versed in the D and D stuff. Oh yeah, um, definitely. And you know, just remember, this is not like you know this. Understand that because it's very heavily based around like D and D stuff. Um, understand that the way like leveling and stuff works is not quite the same as it would in like a JRPG. Uh, apparently, in this game, the level cap is at twelve. Which you know, for any other RPG, that's like wow, that is very low. But remember, this is D and D rules, and twelve yeah. is actually pretty high. So you know, yeah, my characters are at two already, but now they're very much like, oh, it's going to be like four hundred XP until the next level. Yeah, I know the the curve is more exponential than you know your mm-hmm. typical RPG. Yeah, um, for that, but yeah, kind of going through. A big like dungeon area uh, mm-hmm. was pretty neat. So a lot of I did a lot of disarming of traps, not necessarily because I had to for some of these, mm-hmm. um, but having a rogue, uh, my monk also has high perception as well. So uh, as they're walking around, they're highlighting traps around mm-hmm. uh, for that kind of stuff. And so I was able to disarm a bunch of them, uh, mostly through which is where you kind of actually roll some die. Oh yeah, or or a die, a twenty sided mm-hmm. die, and it's like, oh, you need ten to disarm this. And it's like, all right, we can try that. And then, based on your character stats, you might have some that are like, oh, you get plus one for this. Um, yep. You can also use other characters' abilities to accentuate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my other party member has a thing that'll add like a die that does like one to four uh, mm-hmm. extra. Will add to it. Yeah. Um. If you need it, uh, for that kind of stuff, and uh, you know, rolling did pretty well on all of that stuff. Mm. Uh, kind of got all the way through this cave and uh, managed to survive a big fight with a bunch of skeletons. So the yeah. abilities that I had that were like, oh, you know, causes bleeding, and this kind of, you know, this is a hamstring shot, so it'll, you know, get in their legs and keep them from walking so well. You know. Yeah. Uh, that stuff doesn't work in the skeleton kind of thing. Yeah, you definitely have to think a bit more strategically. <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, again, this is a game going by D&D rules about as thoroughly as a game like this can possibly work. So, yeah, yeah. got to think on it. Yeah, and that involved a lot of skeletons that were, like, mages kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were casting Silence, which was sort of a a big dome of silence. So if I could just run out of it, yeah, I could, you know, cast a spell or do attacks or whatever. Yep. Um, and stuff like that. So that ended up not being too bad. Cause the, it ended up being the toughest enemy that had like 28 hit points was the, the one that kind of, uh, got up to my team right away. So that kind of provided the, the biggest challenge. Once I realized like, Oh, the rest of these are all weaklings. They're, 10 HP, I could just go around and just destroy him. Uh, especially when I realized one of my characters, my cleric, had uh, a spell that turns uh, undead uh, to your side or whatever the, the they call it, but essentially they, they just run from you uh, with each of their turns uh, until they uh, turn back um, but or, or they take damage. So I mainly just used that and then like, all right, I can just kill these now and took them out in one hit pretty easily for both of them. So uh, once you do that, 
Uh, you kind of deal with like the the room you were trying to get into that triggered all this stuff happening, and like, oh, meeting a new character, very interesting. And they're just like, oh, asking you a question, and then they go about go about their day, doing stuff, and uh, pretty interesting stuff. But there was a door that I could not get into for whatever reason; it did not have a lock uh, or any noticeable mechanism. So. There's some stuff like that. I found a book with uh, a lock on it, a key lock, which I ended up just punching it to break it because uh, it was just the the, the easiest way I could. Uh, maybe the only real issue I've had with this game or thing that I'm not 100% sure on is when I approach areas where they'll very much be doing like checks for uh, you know whatever you're trying to do. I kind of wish... Uh, either it made it more obvious or if I could switch to the party member that might be better served for that stuff. Um, Cause I had like one area before I just quit for uh, the last session where I had this big um, like portal that opened up on this uh, big rock face and some dude arm was like sticking out of it. And I was like, Oh, I can help him uh, strength check. And I was like, oh, you just got to get a 10. And I had two opportunities to roll for this and failed both of them. So I lost a potential party member. I was like, ah, screw this. I'll just close it and not even save. So I'll be going back, seeing if I can do that. Um, This is a game definitely you want to do hard saves or quick saves before you get into anything too nefarious. uh, Because you never know what you're going to get into with that kind of stuff. But... Um, yeah, I'm liking it a lot so far. Um, right. It's very much got a lot of uh, uh, interesting mechanics, and they do have like uh, inventory management stuff that is, you know, very D and D esque. Where it's like, oh, there's you, know, you have like pouches and such that you, yeah, hold. a bag of holding, as they sometimes call it. Well, there's a yeah. bunch of different ones. Yeah. Um, I literally have just a chest in my inventory that I'm putting like extra weapons in that I don't need. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the time being, so I'm assuming I'm going to get to a town. Mm. Um, but like the the start of like original sin, where you just kind of get to this big open area you can explore mm-hmm. for a bunch of stuff, so you can kind of go around and you're finding a lot of dead bodies already. So you're just looting them, seeing what they got, uh, a lot of gold and uh, random items and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. kind of just working my way around for that stuff and figuring out what I'm going to do. So so far. That's been pretty good, and they do throw in like dialogue options of like, oh, you're also a Baldurian, so you can kind of make some sort of reference to that to this character, or you know, uh, different things that's related to you know your class, your your species, your origin, all that kind of stuff mm. uh, that can add to the the dialogue stuff here. So, oh yeah, uh, a lot of neat stuff. So, looking forward to put some more time into this. Uh, it seems to run pretty okay for my PC. Mm-hmm. Um, though for the stream, I had to turn it all down to low, but it uh, oh, yeah. seemed to work out pretty well for that. Uh, still look pretty nice on low, mm-hmm. so it wasn't too big of a deal. But yeah, that's been Baldur's Gate 3. Looking forward to put some more time into it. Just kind of got the the start of it to go. So mm-hmm. uh, The weirdest thing is it starts its own launcher, a Larian launcher. Oh, uh, yeah. So... Divinity Original Sin 1 and 2, you can also launch from that, so it kind of keeps that all together. But they also recommend you sign up for a Larian account so that you can 
you know, keep your save uh, going back and forth if you're going from console to PC kind of stuff. So that's neat. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's uh, kind of the gist of Baldur's Gate 3, at least from what I've seen so far. So mm-hmm. there you go for that. Yep. Um, let's see what else. I've been playing more American Truck Simulator. Their new DLC is out now. Oklahoma mm-hmm. has been added to the game. So you've got kind of most of the, the Southwest there. Mm. Of the kind of uh, desert and dirt-filled uh, parts of the Southwest, there, um, mm. Oklahoma has ten cities to it, almost kind of a, a grid shape, like three by three grid shape, with one other city in the like panhandle part of the the state. Um, I've done did a stream with this, did about four cities of delivering to. Mm-hmm. For that, the the event they have going on requires you to deliver to or from uh, all ten cities in the state. So mm-hmm. I'll eventually get the the achievement that uh, is just for Oklahoma for visiting all ten cities. So mm-hmm. working my way around that, the some of the notable stuff that Oklahoma has uh, is a, a toll system that is cashless, so you don't even have to start or uh, stop mm-hmm. uh, in the tolls. Uh, they'll just have you just keep driving through? I'm probably going faster than I should, but whatever. They're not gonna, they're not cops. They're not gonna ding me for that. Um, there's also one that just happens on the highway. The I forget what they call it. The the Native American Highway, whatever whatever they're calling it, uh, Turnpike kind of thing there. Um, and they also have some rest stops that are between the two sides of the road. Uh, yeah, to the two sides of the highways. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can kind of more easily get in there, get your gas or get your rest on and get going. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well as if you're just trying to change sides, you don't have like a, a dirt path in the median to kind of make it real weird and grungy mm-hmm. to get across. This kind of makes it a little bit easier. Um, and I've driven through Oklahoma going across country mm-hmm. uh, drive. And that definitely is the thing I remember from there. Um, so I'm looking forward to playing some more of that. Uh, but that's really cool. Mm. Addition, Kansas is the next one. So looking forward to that. Maybe that'll be out later this year, but mm. later this year or early next year, I think. But yeah, that's uh, Oklahoma. The There is an issue with this game or an issue, at least with my version of it, where at night uh, it can kind of bug out where if you look out your driver's side window uh, to kind of behind you, mm-hmm. it can at night, it just gets pitch black in a way that like no headlights or um, road lights or anything shows up. So just kind of look back. You just barely see anything illuminating and it's just a pitch black uh, thing back there. So that's kind of annoying. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it gets me often to go to a road, you know, a road stop and rest up uh, and just get back into the, the, the daytime. Mm-hmm. to avoid that kind of stuff so I can see behind me. Uh, the side view mirrors all show normal, but uh, mm-hmm. just when you try to look out manually outside your window, uh, it kind of just looks mm-hmm. all pitch black for whatever reason that bug's happening, but yeah. that's American Truck Simulator. And uh, the other game I'm playing is Pikmin 4 on the Switch. I'm still enjoying this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have rescued some more people. I've gotten to uh, the point where I can do the nighttime stuff, uh, which is 
what you do for any leaflings you find, which are the the castaways you find that have you know no helmet on and they have just big uh, leaves all over their faces. They're, mm-hmm. It's like a like a mask or something like that that's taken over their face. Uh, you have to do the nighttime stuff to get the sap you need to make the the cure for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is essentially like a survival mode uh, where you are uh, controlling these glow Pikmin that are kind of essentially ghost Pikmin, bright mm-hmm. green glows, uh, like glowing ghost Pikmin. Um, you get an initial batch of like 10 and you just go around and gather these like star crystals that uh, uh, they take back to the their little base area and you need to keep that base uh, protected and sort of in this mode you can have Ochi just kind of hang around the base to kind of further protect it uh, and, if, and as you get uh, into the it's like five to ten minutes at most uh, of, you know, certain amount of enemies just swarming to your, to the base and taking that out. So you're just trying to go around, get these crystals to grow up the amount of uh, Pikmin you have and then Mm. taking out these enemies as they start approaching. So you're just trying to keep the, the base in as good a shape as you can. I don't know if there's a max, uh, or a minimum amount of health it needs to produce the sap mm-hmm. so you can make the cure, but so far it hasn't been too much of a trouble. But if you do a few of those, um, you get... Uh, there's like, oh, you can go to any of these places, any of these uh, bases you've been in the uh, the maps you've unlocked to uh, do that stuff. So uh, that's not too bad. But since it seems tied to the leaflings, you maybe don't want to go unless you are either bored, I guess, or uh, I guess you can maybe uh, build up a reserve of the the cures, but I've only been going for how many of these leaflings I had uh, as I unlock this. So that's about as much as I'm going to play of that. Uh, The other stuff I've unlocked, I got uh, the ship with all the, the energy it needed um, but I don't have any other maps unlocked just yet. I just have the the three that I have at the moment, so I'm working my way through that. I got the upgrade to 50 Pikmin I can hold, so I got back and did 100% in the uh, the first map, uh, so that's done. Uh, I'm working my way through the second map right now, uh, which is not too bad. So now I have blue Pikmin, a blue Pikmin onion. Uh, it seems like there's more because they... There's one person that's giving me challenges for how many onions I can have. So I assume the other types, you're going to get the uh, ability to spawn them as uh, as you need them. Uh, uh, with grabbing all the pellets and creatures and whatnot, you can spawn more of them, I guess. So that's neat. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of it for the most part. I've gotten a bunch of castaways to add more people to give you more challenges to do. Um, I did get a stylist who only lets you redo the, uh, the, the options you have when you first make your character. Uh, they do not add any new like hairstyles or looks or anything like that. So that's a little disappointing, but that's been Pikmin so, so far. So Brandon, what have you been doing? 
well, as for me, unfortunately, unlike Chris, I cannot play Baldur's Gate 3 until September uh, in about a month because, unfortunately, if I tried to play it on my laptop, it would explode. So, for the time being, I'm sort of having to fill the void with a bunch of other stuff. Um, one of the things that, because I have a PS Plus subscription, uh, one of the one of the games that came out this month is uh, Media Molecules Dreams, which is a basically a game designing tool uh, with a bunch of pre-made games on it. A couple of them made by Media Molecule themselves. There's Art's Dream, which is the one that most people remember. Um, and it was quite good, if short. Um, there's some other games on there, too. But they also added a for this edition when they decided to bring it to ps plus to let it go on there they added their new game which is called train uh t-r-e-n and it's much a, if you've played a media molecule game before you kind of know how they are they're very um they're not terribly complicated but they are very well designed and they often use a sort of uh a sort of arts and crafts sort of aesthetic and approach uh their design and they're usually just very sort of cozy and nostalgic and that's basically what train is in a nutshell um it's essentially a game where you play a little sort of small remote control train that can go on wooden tracks uh you can make the train go forward you can make it go backwards uh you can also make it boost forward um if you want to switch tracks you know you can control that as well and that's basically the entirety of it um what makes the game so entertaining is the fact that it's just really pleasant um the majority of the game really is more or less time trials um you're going along these various tracks and every so often you'll come across spots where you will then be going to uh entertain or well enjoy a specific new sort of smaller track where you are trying to get from one part of the track to the other as fast as you can without either derailing or crashing. Um, and you can, and it's, it's not as straightforward as you would think it is. It's essentially because you're, you've got a bunch of obstacles anyway. You've got ramps, you've got loops, um, you've got elevators, you've got other, occasionally other remote control trains that are trying to bump you off um, and a bunch of things like that. Um, there's also things like trying to uh, carry little cargo boxes to the finish line um, and uh, stuff like that. But really the joy of this game is just the sheer sort of coziness of it. Um, you, in fact, every new little, um, every new track that you try, you actually don't even need to do the time trial at first. You can just explore it at your leisure. And you'll want to because... Uh, Media Molecule basically loaded every area of this game with all these like cute little dioramas made out of like toys and little plastic figures and stuff. And there's like a photo mode that you can use to keep track of everything, and it's just incredibly pleasant. It's very nice. It's just pleasant as can be, and incredibly enjoyable. So if you've got a PS Plus discount, I mean not a discount, an account, you know, you got a subscription. Go ahead and try it. It's quite enjoyable and not, uh, you know, complicated in the least. But uh, on the other end of the spectrum, we've also got Octopath Traveler 2, 
uh, which I'm still playing. Um, I made a little bit of progress on that one. Um, not as much as I would like to, but I have because there's just been so much that I've been doing stuff as far as games are concerned. And I'm also playing another game I can't talk about until towards the end of the month. It's a secret game. Uh, but it is uh, it's very enjoyable. I am liking it, but it is difficult. But um, And uh, like I said, I just really, really wish I was playing Bowder's Gate 3 right now. In fact, I don't think I have wanted to play a game this badly <laughs> in a long time. Um, and keep in mind, the same uh, day that this game comes out for PS5 is also the same day that Starfield comes out for Xbox. So, yeah, uh, September is going to be a busy month for me, <laughs> I'm guessing. But, uh, yeah, that's what I've been playing. So, Dan, what about you? Yeah, I mean, aside from Baldur's Gate, which I am not playing, I don't really have much of an interest in it. Um, I probably will try it if it comes my way. Uh, I did lend it to Phil, so Phil's the one who's going to be doing that review for us. But uh, I told him to take a sweet time because, yeah, not a whole lot of sites have their review up. So, you know, why should we? Um, but anyway, yeah, so I'm, 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 I'm taking my sweet time with the whole, uh, if you want to call this a lull, um, I'm taking my time with the lull. There isn't going to be anything I'm interested in until, um, I don't know, uh, probably Spider-Man. So it'll be quite a while for me. Uh, but anyway, um, I've, I've primarily been playing uh, Disney Illusion Island. Um, that was the main thing I was playing uh, last week, and I played a little bit more of it. Maybe about six hours in now, so probably about halfway through, I've been playing with my brother. Um, I think I mentioned it last week, like, you can use Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Goofy. Um, none of them actually, actually differentiate from each other, aside from, like, their attitudes and then their power-ups, which are all pretty much the same. So if you're expecting them to be like Mario, Luigi... Peach and Toad and Mario 2, uh, it's not the case. So, anyway, this game is pretty much like a standard um, Metroidvania. Um, the main thing, though, that, that I do like is that if you come across um, a dead end that you can only get through with a certain ability that you don't have yet, it'll straight up tell you. So you don't have to worry about, you know, wondering whether or not you have what it takes to cross things. And um, there's the, the, it's... It's pretty much like that. Uh, the main thing that's different, as opposed to what I've played from a lot of Metroidvania so far, is there doesn't seem to be a, be a way to attack anybody. Um, there was this boss fight where all I had to do was like jump to a certain platform, and uh, it gets harder by just making the platforms um, harder to get to. But aside from that, there really isn't uh, much of anything that'll really challenge you, unless you know you want to be like me and only give yourself one heart. Because when you have one heart, you can only there, there's, there's no real way to find health unless you're at like a uh, health pool, and those are few and far between. Um, so yeah, really enjoying what, what I've done so far. As for the power-ups, um, I've unlocked a double jump. I've unlocked uh, a swinging thing that'll allow that. That's pretty much like the the grapple hook in the Metroid games. Um, I've unlocked a ground pound that'll obviously allow you to break through certain platforms and just find new ways to traverse. And uh, yeah, the map system is pretty is is pretty well done. You always know where you are. You always know where you have to go. And you know, as long as you're looking at the map closely, there's no real reason to struggle in the game. Which is which is funny because like when I was younger, and you know, I would assume this game is uh, marketed towards kids. The the map is nothing I would ever use. Like for example, in Ocarina of Time, um, I just go through a dungeon just you know uh knowing my knowing the landscape i never actually looked at the map but like you know now that i'm older and i understand mm -hmm. like you know level design and stuff the the map definitely does help especially in, in, in the metroidvania game 
but yeah, um, it is weird that there's no way to attack anything. Um, I'm wondering if that's something that, that that'll that'll show up later. But so far, the platforming, just the, the controls are, um, they work really well. Um, the the game looks really nice too, both on handheld and uh, and the TV. The art style just really lends itself well to it. So if you're someone that appreciates classic Disney, like you know Mickey and Minnie are all uh, dotty eyed, you don't you don't have that little 3D effect. Um, it's pretty much that vibe. Um, I love the music. My brother is loving the music too. He, he, he's he's big as far as, as as those vibes go. And um, yeah, really enjoying what I'm playing so far. Um, but I'll probably jump back into a more serious gaming soon now that I have my room pretty much where I want it to be. I, I just need to buy a, a floor chair. But yeah, that's pretty much it. All right, so let's get to some news. And first up here, Game Pass has announced their lineup for the next week or so. Uh, and it is not much to talk about here. Um, available as of now, there's Celeste for console and PC. Came out a few days ago there. And A Short Hike, also for console and PC, as of August 3rd. Uh, that's a nice little game. That's uh, mm-hmm. uh, sort of a an exploration adventure platformer. You're kind of just walking around talking to people. They might give you something to do, and then you just go do it. Uh, you can also find like feathers that give you extra, like you know, double jump kind of stuff uh, when you're getting around uh, for that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that's kind of a, a chill kind of a exploration platformer kind of thing. As you're just kind of Hang around these like campgrounds and such, so uh, that's a fun one to check out. Uh, let's see, for August 8th on Tuesday here, Broforce Forever, console and PC. That's when uh, this game launches on Xbox. It'll be on Game Pass. It's a side-scroller uh, shooter, so lots of fun little silly bits in there as you're going around shooting enemies and uh, uh, checking out the sort of the bro nature of the game. This is sort of before bro kind of changed into mm-hmm. something kind of more negative now. But uh, here you go for a game with some extra content in it. So there you go for that. And yeah, on Wednesday, August 9th, Limbo will be on there for console mm-hmm. PC. Uh, it's a great, you know, side-scrolling puzzle platformer. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that game's been out for a long time, so... Hopefully you've checked it out at some point, but if not, now I guess it's as good a time as any to check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, then on Thursday, August 10th, Airborne Kingdom. Uh, let's see, this seems to be a city builder. Uh, you grow your unique town among the clouds and fly it across the wide open landscape, so mm-hmm. that looks neat. Mm. And then the last one here, August 15th, that'll be, I think, next Tuesday. Uh, that's is a space shooter game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, single player space shooter uh, where you get loot for your ship. So that's the whole thing. Uh, mm-hmm. You get to go explore the the space areas, shoot up a lot of ships, and get some loot and make your ship better as you go around explore more. So that's just mm-hmm. on Xbox Series X and S. I think it might have been on PC Game Pass for a little while now. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there you go. That's when the the new versions of that game come out for PS5 and Xbox Series X and S on August 15th. So there you go for that, and that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. 
not much to talk about here in the the first half of the month. No, not really. So yeah, there you go. Uh, but for PS5, they have a new firmware update for uh, beta people to check out. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has a bunch of stuff in it, but uh, let's see some of the notable stuff here. Uh, they have second controller assistance, so that you, uh, if you're playing, you know, with a, a younger kid who may not be able to do everything in a game, uh, you can play with them. Uh, with the second controller just acting as a single controller so that you can kind of pick up and help them out with things that they may be having trouble with, uh, as well as maybe use spouses who do not play games much, you know, be able to help them out however you need to. So that's uh, a cool thing. Xbox has had that for a little while, so that's good to see here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other accessibility option they added is haptic feedback for the system uh, mm-hmm. dashboard so that. Uh, if you remember the Wii remote back on the Wii, uh, as you like navigated the UI, it kind of gave you a little bit of rumble to let you know you were kind of moving around between uh, icons and such on the, the UI. This kind of does the same thing. Uh, nicely enough, it uh, does some nice things where if you're you know, moving to the right, you'll feel the, the bumps on the right side of the controller or moving to the left on the left side, you know, up and down, same thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, kind of stuff when you get to the end of a list uh it'll rumble in you know a little bit differently to tell you like you're at the end so this kind of helps you better navigate uh and feel like where you're going Mm. in the ui uh so i have that on and that's pretty nice uh for that they have support for dolby atmos enabled audio devices so the the 3d audio stuff they have in the ps5 already Mm -hmm. uh, can now be used with uh, Dolby Atmos speakers and such, so uh, people can use those now. So that's yeah. pretty nice for them. Uh, they've done some more stuff for the the social stuff or parties and that kind of stuff. So there's that. Um, let's see, they have search in your library now. So you, if you're have you know a shit ton of games in there, yeah. you can maybe find stuff a little more easily that way. So that's nice. Uh, they seem to have uh, the game help stuff in games sort of uh, a little better organized uh, with its own little uh, pop-up box that can show you like stuff you've already done and what stuff may be coming up in the future in that game. So that's neat. Uh, and yeah, now they also will let you mute the PS5's beep when you start it up. Uh, if that's the thing that annoys you, you'll be able to turn that off. I like to have it on because it lets me know that I've actually turned it on. Uh, and the other update they added here is, yeah, support for larger capacity SSDs, uh, up to eight terabytes now for the internal uh, SSDs, uh, which you do not want to use right now because they are upwards of, you know, 750 to $1,000 for an eight terabyte uh, SSD. It's better to stick to like, Two and four terabytes if you're going to get uh, a little bit expensive, though twos are down around to 100, 150 at most for most of them. So uh, if you're going to go for a little bit of extra money, four terabytes probably where you're going to take a look at like 200 to 200 to uh, maybe $300 for that at the moment. But yeah, the eight terabytes, nice to have the support for that, but 
they're not that uh, accessible price wise just yet. But there you yeah. go, some nice update stuff there uh, for the next one that probably be out here in the next month or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, there you go. And then mm-hmm. next up, we got some showcases happening for this week ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monday, Devolver Digital is holding the Devolver Delayed Showcase, yep. uh, announcing games that have slipped from 2023 to 2024. Or wait, they call it the Devolver Delayed Showcase 2023 to 2024 edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll be yeah Monday, August 7th at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, so yeah, as they describe it here, enjoy the art of video game delays and find out which of your most anticipated Devolver Digital published games are moving to next year. The future's future is here today. So there you go, having a little fun for games that aren't going to be coming out as soon as people might have hoped for. Uh, for that, uh, on Tuesday, mm. Pokemon Presents will be happening. Uh, they say about 35 minutes of Pokemon news and updates. So I assume we'll see more of the DLC stuff they've got for uh, the Pokemon games on Switch. Maybe some updates for some of the other games. I don't know if there's a likelihood of any sort of new stuff. Maybe we'll see more of Pokemon uh, Detective Pikachu. uh, Or Detective Pikachu Returns, I think it is. Mm -hmm. So I assume we'll get some gameplay for that for people to see how that actually works. Uh, let's see, maybe some Pokemon Sleep and Unite, since those are out and doing their thing. Mm. But yeah, I'm not sure if there's any chance of any new games getting announced just yet for that. But uh, yeah, seems like one to check out. So that'll be happening at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern for the very early crowd uh, for that. So that might be something people uh, here in the U.S. mostly wake up to find out what happened. Yep. Yeah, uh, it, it's tough to say like these are worth waking up for anymore, especially after coming off a big release already. Um, I know we have mm-hmm. the DLC along the way, and we have no dates on that, so we'll probably get that. We also had Pokemon Sleep come out like two weeks ago, so I don't know. Um, maybe we'll get a another update on, on, on Detective Pikachu too. Whatever would be, it would be nice. Pokemon's never a bad thing. Yeah, but yeah, there you go. Uh, and that's it for August dates here. Uh, for September, Bomb Rush Cyberfunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll be out here, I think, August 18th for Switch and PC. Uh, but for the other platforms, PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X and S, and Xbox One, uh, they finally announced that it'll be out September 1st. Uh, 40 bucks for that game. Uh, for people to check that out. So, yeah, if you want your sort of Jet Set Radio... Uh, influence, you know, extreme sports kind of thing going on. Uh, this is going to be the game for you uh, for that. So, yeah, those looking pretty cool uh, for that with your graffiti and your tricks and such. So uh, that'll be out here in a few weeks for people. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, and the other a bit of news here, Sifu is getting its final... Uh, content updates on September 7th for yeah PlayStation, Xbox, and PC sometime later on for the Switch. Uh, this will be adding, uh, let's see, expanding the arenas mode uh, with more locations, 
and more fights with uh, a bunch of familiar and unexpected foes. Yeah, six dynamic arenas, 75 challenges, more modifiers and cheats, as well as film-inspired outfits you can look forward to for that. So a lot of uh, extra stuff there, as well as they mentioned zombie-like enemies, doppelgangers, and interactive environments. So that sounds like some more cool stuff for that game. Uh, so, yeah, that'll be out here next month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these look interesting. Um, unfortunately, I never jumped back into Sifu uh, until uh, before the second deal. Oh, car driving fine. Um, but, yeah, I haven't jumped, jumped back since the first DLC thing. And uh, I haven't beaten that game, but I, I love it so much. I made it my game of the year that year. Um, I wonder if these modifiers still make some of the trophies obtainable. But otherwise, yeah, Sifu Sifu's fun. If you haven't played it, pick it up. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Mm. Uh, let's get to some industry news. Uh, let's see. Mario Kart 8 and Splatoon on the Wii U have been uh, dealing with server outages for most of this year, uh, for about five months, as uh, they announced, you know, please accept our sincere apologies for the extended waiting period. Um, but yeah, these just kind of went down uh, due to some, you know, unspecified vulnerability. Uh, we never got any additional details, but people speculated it was related to uh, hacks that people had uh, found vulnerabilities in that could let you gain control of other people's systems uh, through online play kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, data miner here said the security vulnerability is almost certainly ENL buffer pwn, which could allow an attacker to take over your console just by connecting to them online. This exploit affected many Nintendo's games on the Switch, along with Mario Kart 7 on the 3DS. Uh, mm-hmm. Paying attention, that's one of those games that got a random updates in the past few months. Yeah. Uh, out of nowhere, where people are like, why the fuck is this getting an update? Mm-hmm. Uh, most likely to deal with potential like, hack uh, vulnerabilities to it. So, uh, Luckily, they finally got these games back up. Uh, posted a tweet the other day about it. And yeah, it ended up not being, you know, as quick of fixes as maybe they would have liked, but yeah, as uh, uh, they may have to discontinue these in the future if they continue to have issues, but uh, for now it's, you know, they're going to be fine offline either way, but uh, yeah, if you have a Wii U or you're still with a Wii U, these are games you can uh, get back to playing if you want to. Yeah, good on Nintendo for making these fixes. Um, I don't know how many people care, considering how little people own a Wii uh, or still play these games for that matter, considering they're both on Switch and both of, both of their online still work. So, yeah, uh, at least they fixed something. Yeah. Yeah, Splatoon's not on the Switch. 2 and 3 are. Uh, Mario Kart 8's still getting yeah. DLC. Is people wonder when the hell they're going to make a 9. Yeah. I mean, two and three aren't that much different than the original one. Yeah, I feel like. Yeah, but it's still a different campaign to it, so... Uh, but yeah. Uh, and further Nintendo news. The the quarter has ended, and Nintendo has announced, you know, sales figures, and particularly that The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom has sold over 18.5 million copies uh, as of June 30th, mm-hmm. uh, which is a lot probably as well as anything has 
sold for them over the past, uh, you know, five to ten years. Because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that immediately puts it into the top ten best-selling first-party Switch titles uh, at number nine, uh, right behind Super Mario Party and right above New Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I assume it'll easily zoom past at least a few of those. Uh, Breath of the Wild sitting at 30.65 million. Uh, number four, uh, we'll see if that can get to it by the end of the year. Uh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. We'll see, but certainly done very well up front, uh, which is uh, great news for Nintendo because it kind of gets them a good shot in the arm to keep the Switch train rolling until whatever the the next uh, system is going to be announced. As mm-hmm. they're just kind of swirling that's going to definitely be next year, which mm-hmm. makes sense, but uh, yeah, they still have not said a single thing about it other than maybe the account system will carry over, which would be expected, hopefully. But yeah, there you go. Tears of the Kingdom doing very well. And uh, yeah, these are crazy numbers. Um, considering that Tears of the Kingdom is a sequel, and you know it was going to be as long as uh, the original one. I mean, not even as long as it's it's easily longer. Um, I never thought it would actually um, get to the top ten uh, that fast, mm. but uh, I was wrong about that one. So uh, <laughs> people find it, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So. There you go. Lots of people playing that game. Uh, let's get to a little bit of Xbox news, some good Xbox news here. Uh, Microsoft has started putting up replacement parts for Xbox controller stuff on their uh, Xbox website for purchase. So you can repair your controllers instead of just buying a new one and tossing out the old one, kind of... Uh, keeping, you know, the e-waste hopefully to as little as they can. Though, mm. so obviously, the, the prices are a little expensive for what you're getting out of them. Uh, like the Xbox Elite Wireless Controller uh, PCBA uh, is 50 bucks here, which is a lot, but not so much for an Elite. Uh, they have, like, cases for the top uh, of the... Xbox Elite controllers and motor assemblies and replacement buttons and that kind of stuff, though the buttons are all in a big pack for all of them. Uh, so you can't necessarily get individual ones if you just need those. Mm. But, you know, these are things that uh, not many other people are offering, uh, at least first-party-wise. Uh, there are probably some places that do uh, sort of third-party product reproductions of these buttons and such for doing that. So uh, this is a neat thing to help, uh, re- you know, uh, reduce the, the e-waste of controllers. And they do have a bunch of videos on there on the, the Xbox support YouTube channel. So if you need to see that stuff being uh, opened up, because uh, that's definitely a big a big thing that people don't like to do is open up their controllers and figure out how all that works. So this is a, a good tutorial, uh, good tutorials that you can follow to do that stuff on your own. Mm. So yeah, there you go. Some neat stuff. Mm. 
Uh, but yeah, let's get to our last story here. Uh, feminist Frequency is yeah. shutting down. Uh, let's see, early 2024, after 15 years of operation, uh, they have been a nonprofit organization for a very long time. Uh, though most people probably came to knowing them uh, around the time that Gamergate started as uh, Anita Sarkeesian uh, sort of put out a lot of these videos in the series called Tropes versus Women in Video Games mm-hmm. that offered, you know, criticism of various tropes and such that yeah. weren't like, you know, ridiculous or anything. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of, you know, fairly mild critique, but most of it, and it, most of it wasn't necessarily even new either. Like it's, it's, it's statements that people have been making, not just about games, but about a lot of media for decades now. Yeah. And, but for whatever reason, she just, she managed to just touch a nerve with these people that borders on the psychotic and, yeah, it just, it really sucked being in the video games right around then. I will say, you know, as bad as it can sometimes be now, I don't think it's as bad as it was then. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a lot better. We went through Gamergate and all the, the hell that that was, um, especially for any women in the media or the video game industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the work that Anita Sarkeesian did uh, was, uh, you know, an infinitely positive influence on the industry, getting a lot of developers to realize the the sort of tropes they were dealing with constantly and uh, helping a lot of developers to realize that they could do better to diversify their 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 cast of their games and their writing of women uh, and all that kind of stuff that uh, you can definitely point a lot of uh, a lot of the more positive female uh, protagonists and characters in video games to uh, the release of that series and a lot of the work she did with developers and talking to them and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, definitely wish uh, Anita and everybody else that works at feminist feminist frequency, the best of luck. Um, they're not shutting down everything. I think the YouTube channel uh, and all the videos are still staying up, and mm-hmm. the podcast is going to go yeah. for a while, uh, for as long as they can. But the Feminist Frequency is a nonprofit organization, and that is uh, shutting down. So they'll keep uh, the other stuff that's more publicly accessible uh, going for a while. So, And they've stopped accepting donations as of August 1st, so... That's the whole thing. Uh, Anita put out a big statement just talking about how much burnout has affected her and that it kind of has uh, led to this decision to kind of shut down the feminist frequency. So, yeah, definitely wish wish her the best. So, there you go uh, for all that. So, yeah, that is going to do it for the news of the week, and we'll kind of Finish off here with the Smash Pad fall release preview uh, little special here uh, where we're not going to talk about everything that's on this list. If you want to see that, definitely check the show notes. Uh, I got a bunch of for the rest of August and into uh, September. A lot of stuff here. Uh, a lot of stuff that you may not think is out that soon, but 
it is out very soon for a lot of this stuff. Um, yeah, like we got WrestleQuest that is out here on Tuesday uh, for the big wrestling RPG thing that yep. looks really neat. Um, let's see, we got Bomb Rush Cyberpunk, as we talked about, it's August 18th. Or uh, Switch and PC, but on the other consoles, it's September 1st. And that's also the same time that Madden is out and Texas Chainsaw Massacre and the Cosmic Wheels Sisterhood are all out August 18th at that one point. So that's a big week right there for a variety of people. Oh, uh, yeah. Fort Solace, the uh, the big um, survival horror game with uh, Troy Baker and uh, what's his name? Roger Clark, the played the the main protagonist of Red Dead Redemption 2. Those two are in a game together. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll be out PS5 and PC on August 22nd, uh, which is also when Immortals of Avium is out from EA on the new mm-hmm. consoles and PC. Yep. Uh, so you got a lot of stuff there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blasphemous 2 is out on the new consoles, Switch and PC on August 24th, mm-hmm. alongside Firewall Ultra, uh, the PSVR 2 game. And the next day is Armored Core 6. So you got a lot of stuff there. And then August 29th is where everybody said, what if we put out our game here? Yep. Uh, Crossfire Sierra Squad for PSVR 2 and PC VR. Mm-hmm. Uh, Goodbye Volcano High for PlayStation and PC. Yep. Uh, Rhapsody Marl Kingdom Chronicles, the sort of classic RPG collection from uh, Nipponichi Software America. PS5, Switch, and PC. Samba de Amigo Party Central for the Switch is uh, also then, and Sea of Stars is on everything, as well as the PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium and Game Pass. Mm. And Under the Waves, the the weird little underwater uh, adventure, spooky adventure game kind of thing, mm-hmm. is also on everything it, that same day. So yep. you got your choices there for a bunch of stuff, as well as Trine 5. Uh, they made another one of those. Yep. That's mm-hmm. on everything August 31st. That's your August. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff there uh, for people to check out. So, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of games to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you're a Smash Pad follower, uh, it's, it's it's no secret what our, or I mean, I'm going to assume for me and Brandon, uh, our, our August would be. I know that we mentioned Baldur's Gate earlier, but that'll be on mm-hmm. next month, but. Sea of Stars is definitely the big release for me here. Um, oh, yeah. Same here. Obviously, it's a really crowded weekend with Crossfire, Sierra Squad, Goodbye, Volcano mm-hmm. High, Rapid, Under the Waves. Yeah, all that's pretty much not going to matter to me once Sea of Stars comes out. I'm expecting a code, like, anytime soon. So that's why I'm just trying to be very uh, conservative with my gaming timer. Um, and mm-hmm. then the, for me, I think it's WrestleQuest uh, coming out in a couple days. Um, played some previews, really liked what I played. Huge wrestling fan. And, like, you know, it's it's... Wrestling is something that really lends itself well to uh, turn-based combat because when you think about it, it kind of is. So, yeah, uh, definitely looking forward to that one. And um, Moving Out 2 is also one that I'm also interested in from a party game perspective because uh, the first one was just uh, so fun to play, and I played the uh, second one at a, pre- at a preview event. Um, yeah, August looks good. Yeah. yeah, Goodbye Volcano High is probably the game I'm most interested in of these games. I played the demo for that on Steam, and that uh, is looking really cool. It's sort of a narrative adventure game of sorts. Yeah. Uh, so that one's looking really cool, and yeah, I'll check out Sea of Stars on PlayStation Plus. 
for that. So yeah, I also didn't realize that Army Corps Six was so soon. I thought that was like next year. I feel like that was like announced a few months ago. So crazy there. Yeah, it kind of was, and then they haven't really revealed too much. No, we have gameplay until pretty recently in the past month or two. Where I was like, oh, you guys are not putting that out sooner uh, as far as the gameplay and all that. But yeah, they're still doing their stuff. But uh, let's see, September, more stuff's coming out. Uh, as I mentioned, Bomb Rush Cyberfunk is out on PlayStation and Xbox at the, the first of the month. Uh, but then we get into some more indie stuff with Chance of Sonar. Uh, it's PlayStation, Switch, and PC, September 5th. There's a demo that, at least on uh, PlayStation, maybe Steam and Switch as well. But yeah, Baldur's Gate 3 out on PS5 September 6th alongside Starfield on Xbox and PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the RPG nerds will have a field day there. Oh, yes. Yes, we will. Uh, so yeah, you got that. Uh, then September 8th, uh, the two polar opposite of gaming. Uh, Fae Farm, your relaxing uh, life sim farming game. Uh, will be out on Switch and PC and then NBA 2K24 on everything uh, with all the more stuff that NBA 2K does. I guess uh, the the special edition features Kobe Bryant because they go through like three legends, uh, LeBron, Michael Jordan, and Kobe Bryant. They can't find any more. There are no other NBA legends they could center games around. But there you go for that. Uh, let's see. We got some more stuff here in the middle. Myth Forced on everything, uh, September twelfth. Super Bomberman R two. That's still a thing. Uh, it's on everything, September thirteenth. Bat and Kaitos one and two HD remasters only on the Switch, September fourteenth. But on the other platforms, that same day is the Crew Motor Fest, the very Forza uh, Forza Horizon esque the Crew game uh, will be available there for people to check out. So. Mm. Yeah, there you go for that stuff. Uh, then the following week, December 19th is a big one. There's The Legend of Nayuta, Boundless Trails, on PS4, Switch, and PC, as well as Lies of P and Mortal Kombat 1. Uh, for You got your fighting game, you got your RPG, and you got your you know Bloodborne, Souls-like kind of game uh, to serve a lot of audiences there. Yeah. Uh, September 21st, you got Eternites for PlayStation, PC, and Payday 3, where we can see a Payday still rates with audiences. Uh, Payday 2 was very huge, but 3 is kind of coming up really fast somehow, and I don't know if that's there's still an audience for that uh, se- that game series. So, uh, but Let's see, September 26th has a bunch of stuff, indie stuff. Uh, Mineko's Night Market for Switch and PC. My time at Sandrock for everything and Paleo Pines uh, for everything as well. Uh, those last two are kind of life sim farming games, you know, Stardew Valley likes, but these are both in 3D. And Paleo Pines, you get to ride dinosaurs and use them for your farming stuff. So you get a little cool thing there. Uh, let's see, September 28th, got Disney Speedstorm going free to play uh, out of early access really fast. Compared to um, uh, Disney Light Valley, whatever the that game is called, I forget the their life sim game that's still in early access as it moves along. 
But uh, let's see. Also on the September 28th is Infinity Strash, Dragon Quest, The Adventures of Die uh, for everything. Uh, so that'll be uh, another Dragon Quest game, but not your typical kind of Dragon Quest game. I think it's more of an action RPG kind of game. Yeah. And then, yeah, you end the month on September 29th with Cocoon uh, for everything in EAFC 24, uh, the the new form of FIFA. Uh, where FIFA's, you know, made claims that like nobody's going to buy this game without the FIFA name, and I think they're going to be very mistaken on that. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there you go. September, lots of stuff here. Mm. And yeah, for me, I think I am very much interested in uh, what Cocoon, Eternites. Those look really cool. Liza P will be on Game Pass, so I'll definitely be checking that out. Oh yeah. Uh, I'll check out Starfield as well. That's also on Game Pass. So, oh yeah, yeah, and uh, maybe at some point a Myth Force or a, a Bad Kaitos on a good sale. But right now, not uh, much time for that here in the in the next month or two. So, yeah, that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. Brandon, what are you interested in of these games here? Well, you already know the big one, but on top of that, I'm also interested in you know, Starfield. I just want to see how that game ends up because, you know, let, let's be honest right now, uh, Bethesda, their last release was a shit show from the beginning. I'm hoping maybe they've learned less than at this point. Yeah. All right. Okay, yeah. Uh, um, what I'm hoping is I'm hoping that... Oh, I'm hoping he's le- they've learned their lesson at this point, considering just how absolutely awful Fallout 76 was. Um, and uh, But then again, I know Bethesda's track record, and I know that even if they did do really well on this game, it's still going to be full of bugs out of the gate. <laughs> it yeah. always is. It's, what, it's, it's almost a brand at this point. <laughs> um even Skyrim, when it first came out, you know, it was still a lot of fun, but it was puggy as all hell. Um, that said, though, I'm also looking forward to, you know, Sea of Stars, like Dan Reb said. I'm also looking forward to uh, Goodbye Volcano High, just because I want that game to succeed so badly. Um, and it, it it does look interesting. I will give it that. Um, and uh, also, I, I do want to do Armored Core. Uh, when I get a chance to get around to it, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to, though. But, yeah, because I've seen, like, a bunch of previews and that. I'm like, yeah, this is right up my alley. And I love the fact that they really have sort of taken, like, a lot of um, inspiration from their Souls games. Because, you know, if you play the, you watch the demos and stuff, it's very clear that they've gotten some ideas from that. But it also, it just it, it just looks fun. Um, so yeah. That's pretty much what I can't wait for. How about you, Dana? Yeah, as far as September goes, it's definitely not as strong as August. I mean, August, I was able to name a few there. With September, you know, obviously the biggest ones are going to be Starfield and uh, FC24. Um, Neither of those games are really my cup of tea. Um, I will definitely try Starfield, considering the fact that, you know, it'll, it'll be available on Xbox Game Pass day one. But, you know, uh, Bethesda pretty much being a meme at making your game, like, not all that, you know, uh, polished on on, on, the, on day one is sort of a, is, is, is sort of uh, going to be a guarantee. But, you know, 
um, there's no doubt in my mind that this is going to be, but there's, there's a real chance that, you know, redemption from whatever happened with Fallout 76. Um, that being said, just looking at September um, in a nutshell, uh, the one that I'm ex- most excited for is probably going to be um, a combination of both Legend of Naya to Boundless Trail, as well as Lies of P. Um, the former being, you know, part of the Trail series, but not necessarily a confirmed part of the Trail's mythos and universe, or at least not with the current sagas at hand. And it's also going to be an action-based um, battle system, so it shouldn't be like as involved as the other games, but it should be a breath of fresh air as well. One of the one of the main things that I don't talk about enough when it comes to the Trails games is art style, and um, this one definitely does lend itself well to the genre. Um, and then there's Lies of P. You know, um, they had another imp- during the game. Uh, this is the one that's pretty much a Souls-like with the whole uh, Pinocchio uh, story here, and I'm I'm looking forward to that being uh, uh, coming out. And then um, the other one that probably isn't going to be as high on most people's radar, but Turnites. Uh, this is one that immediately caught my eye at some And this one sort of plays itself like Persona crossed with a little bit of a visual novel here. Um, and it's along with like a, a weird dating system. Um, but it seems like it takes a little bit more of a risque vibe than Persona does. But, you know, considering it's done by an indie, um, I wouldn't mind giving it a chance. Um, again, as a whole, it's not going to be as strong as um august there are some other games that i oh mortal kombat one definitely mortal kombat or to that um, that's a game that i never got a chance to um or sorry i there hasn't been a preview build in a while so something I, i've gotten a chance to try but it looks uh fun um on, on on every aspect um and there are some smaller games that i have my eye on but day one um so nba 2k24 just because like they haven't really changed over the over the last few years uh, Super Barman R2. Uh, I enjoyed uh, the, the one that came out during the Switch's launch, but um, I also feel like Bomberman hasn't really reached amount of fun since like the GameCube days. Um, there's Baton Kaitos 1 and 2. Uh, then again, those games were awkward in the GameCube days. Every preview that I've seen so far um, out of like trailers and stuff didn't look all that great to me. Like I wasn't a fan of some of the lower thirds being used. The texts all look weird and I wasn't a huge fan of it, but if it drops on sale, I'll probably just pick it up. But yeah, out of uh, September, that's pretty much it. Yeah. So, yeah, lots of stuff here. Uh, We'll probably do October, November, maybe December. Here next week or maybe in a couple of weeks, depending on how uh, Mm. the story lineup looks. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, some neat stuff. Definitely games to keep an eye out for here in the next month or two. So, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for this week. So thank you to Brandon and Dan for joining. Always. Uh, we'll be back next week with a new slate of news and, uh, you know, cool stuff to talk about. Uh, we'll be, uh, you know, probably talking a little bit about uh, whatever the Pokemon news is. If there, anything anything of note happens, probably at least a date for the DLC. Uh, mm-hmm. for that. So, Yeah. That'll be uh, interesting to see. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you enjoy the show, if you let friends and family know, they should check out the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like strangers that uh, you know are so excited about Pokemon Sleep, sleeping with their Pokemon. Yep. Uh, all the all the the things that, that entails. So. Yep. Yeah. 
Thank you all for tuning in. I hope you have a good week ahead. We'll see you all next time. Have a good one.